Hey, everybody, come on. Give God a shout today. Wherever you're at, why don't you go, Jesus, and freak out your family. And wherever you're watching from today, we're so glad you decided to join us. Welcome to Avenue Church Online. This is our studio version of the message. We will be streaming our services soon, very, very soon, to be able to see what's taking place on our, uh, in our, our, our in-person services. Avenue Church, I promise you, I speak for a living. Real quick, if you're brand new with us, text me, 702-727-8280. I will text you back, and so you go ahead and save my number. And man, feel free to give me a text any time as possible. Also, we have Growth Track Online, all right? So do me a favor, during the month of March, we're gearing up for Easter. Come on, four weeks away from Easter, but we have an area where you can make a difference, whether it's online or at our in-person services. And so why don't you go ahead and complete Growth Track Online instead of three weeks, instead of two weeks. You could also do, you can do Growth Track in one day if you wanted to, but it's more of a at-your-pace uh, service where you can go online and take it at your pace. We want you to help you discover Avenue, discover your unique gifts, your personality, discovering God's unique design so that you'll be able to discover your destiny over your life. All right, we're in a brand new collection of talks entitled Stories, Stories. And our story is a series of small decisions. Our story is a series of small decisions. And here's what's interesting is that you get to decide what story they tell about you. You can decide what story that they tell about you. I don't know about you, church. I don't know if you're watching here today. And I remember last week I asked, have you ever made a bad decision, right? But man, my prayer is that my story can leave an impact in this city, across uh, the world, but also in my family, my marriage. I want to be able to leave an impact. But I want you to know that every story has details that reveals the decision. Every story has details that reveals the decision. You know, our story, uh, you know, is currently being written here at Avenue Church. My wife and I and our launch team. But a lot of times people tell our story and they'll just say they planted an Avenue Church four years ago, right? Right? They planted an Avenue, a powerful church, a life-giving church, a multicultural, multi-generational church, a church that's amazing. Come on, somebody. A church whose pastors, man, they're incredible. And I love our church. And this is our story. Just two weeks ago, we celebrated our fourth birthday as a church. But you know what the details of the story really reveal that not four years ago, but five, six years ago, that the, that the Bosmas, Pastor Lindsay and I, and Levi, we, we took a step of faith. We sold our home and we moved from east side. Come on, somebody. Yeah, right. From east side to the southwest after God just gave us a word. What and while? Avenue Church. So we prayed and we fasted. We went to 16 schools that all said no. <laughs> right? Like we had interest meetings and outreaches uh, for six, seven months. Man, can I tell you in, in, our, in our, the details of my story, I would wake up in the middle of the night and go, we need pens. Like somebody buy pens. We need pens for launch day, for Avenue Church. But can I tell you, 
that this is the details of our story that we launched on February 12, 2017 with 85 adults, with their children. We have seen God make an impact. We've seen miracles in our church. And now we can tell hundreds of stories of life change and life transformation. Can I get a comment today, all right? Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. We got the production team in the back shouting me down today. But listen to me. That's not the story people tell. This is the story they tell. They planted Avenue Church four years ago. See, our life, I find this interesting. Our life is summed up into one story. Our entire life, everything is summed up into one story. You see, a story is really a summary of a detailed life. See, I believe the summary is the spark notes of our life. Come on, everybody. The title of my message today is Spark notes, spark notes. Come on, in the comments, put that little emoji up. If you remember spark notes, I'll even know I've been out of school forever. I think sparknotes.com still works. But man, I remember when spark notes first came out. Spark notes is this website you can go to, try to find a book to kill a mockingbird, you know, and, and try to find the book. And sparknotes.com will give you the summary of the entire novel, the overview, right? Like, like, here's what you need to know. Here's what took place. And you could literally read a 500-page novel in just minutes because it's a Spark Notes version of the story. And I want to ask you today, what's your Spark Notes? What's your Spark Notes of your story in your life? And so in Judges chapter 16, or 13, excuse me, Judges chapter 13, here is a spark notes version of a Bible character's story. It said, And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines. Remember the, the Goliath and all that? Philistines for 40 years. And there was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of Danites, whose name was Manoah. His wife was barren and she had no children. And the angel Lord appeared to the woman. And he said to her, Behold, you are barren, and you have not born children, but you shall conceive, and you will bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin, here's the Sparknose version, he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Now this is the summary. This is the spark notes. This is the story that God has for this baby. He will be the redeemer. He will save God's people from the bad guys. How many want that uh, summary or story over your life? But here's what it says. He grows up. In Judges 16, that after this, he loved a woman in the valley whose name was Delilah, whose name was Delilah. In Judges 16, 4, and the lords of the Philistines came up to Delilah and said, seduce Samson. Seduce Samson and see where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to humble him. And so here's Samson. He finds Delilah. And here's what it says in verse 15. She said to Samson, how can you say I love you 
right? Like, come on, let's get emotional today. When your heart is not with me, you have mocked me these three times, and you've not told me where your great strength lies. Now, have you ever grown up in church? Uh, you've heard the story of Samson. That Samson had long hair and strength from the Lord. But he finds Delilah, and she tells him three different times, tell me the source of your strength. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. And he told her with all his heart, he says, a razor has never come upon my head. For I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. For my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me, and I'll become weak like any other man. She made him sleep on her, on her knees, and she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep, and he said, I will go out as the other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. The Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza, bound him with bronze shackles, and at the ground, and he and and he ground at the mill in the prison. Here is the details of Samson's story. He was seduced by Delilah. He told her the secret to her strain after three false attempts, three times. And here's the strength was his hair. But I want you to know this is the details of his story. But here's God's spark notes. God said he will begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. This is what God intended. But there was a different story that was written. I want to ask you a question today as we begin. What story do you want to tell? What story do you want to tell? You know, we never think of our lives as stories that other people will tell. You know, Samson was great and mighty and used by God, but he was in the private with Delilah. But I want you to understand that our private decisions often become public stories. God said he's going to redeem Israel, save Israel, but the decisions he made led him to eyes being gouged out and placed in prison. I want you to know that decision by decision we're writing the story of our lives. And so when you're making a decision that is huge of any magnitude, what we need to do, number one, we need to pause, we need to look ahead, we need to ask, what story do I want to tell? What story do I want to tell? Do I want my life to say, I'm, I'm Israel's redeemer, but I decided to lay with Delilah and tell her my secret, Get my eyes gouged out. I'm going to be thrown into prison. See, Proverbs 29, 18, there's something so powerful when we look ahead. When we say, what would the story be if I decide to make this choice? Proverbs 29, 18, that where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. When we don't look ahead, we give in. We cast off restraint. We say, I'm going to go with my feelings. I'm going to go with what feels good. Samson was in love, and he saw nothing else. 
when we look ahead, we have vision for our decisions. Come on, you know that's good today. I know that's good, all right? But we have vision for our decisions. Because here's the problem. The story's later. But the decisions are now. Yes, you're going to make a decision now. But consider when you make your decision, what story will they tell later? Church, I'm here to just challenge you. We've got to think about the future now. But the problem is we don't think in terms of story because we're distracted by the pressure and the emotions that we feel in the moment. If you watched last week's message, you know that our emotions and our appetites determine our decision. Now, I've been a pastor now for 19 years. Come on, somebody. I know I look good. Thank you, Jesus, right? 19 years. And I've been a part of many people's lives. Uh, I love being a pastor. And this season, I love pastoring Avenue Church. I love being your pastor. Pastor Lindsay and I count in a joy and an honor. But I have also been a part of many people's emergencies as a pastor. And although every single time I hear something, I want to drop everything and I want to help, which I often do. But listen to me, that's why there's power in your small group, in a small group leader, into a a small group of people that can drop everything and be there with you at every emergency, at every decision, every heartache, at every celebration. But I've had so many emergencies, I gotta say this right, I've had so many emergencies that tend to solve themselves. So the next time you have an emergency, I want you to ask yourself, is this an emergency? or an emotional urgency? Is this something that, that needs to, uh, my attention now? Is this a real emergency? Or is this something that I want to deal with so I feel better? Is this something I need to deal with and I'm going to make the emotional decisions now that's going to change the story later? There's so many times with emotional urgency, we say, I just need to know now so I can feel better now. And church, we need to stop thinking in terms of choices and options. But we need to start thinking in terms of what will the story be that gets told later. You know, Judges chapter 16, Delilah says to Samson, how can you say I love you? So here's the emergency, right? The emotional urgency. When your heart's not with me, You've mocked me these three times, and you have not told me where your great strength lies. And she pressed him. And listen to me, many of us, we know this story, right? The story said, what happened to Samson? He was super strong, but he told Delilah, she cut his hair, he lost his strength. And many of us, we tell this story like it happened in one night. But here's what it says. She pressed him hard with her words day after day. Urged him. She emotionally urged him, and his soul was vexed to death. Samson was so in love that he couldn't see anything else. He was so in love with her that he couldn't see his bad decision. Church, sometimes we're so in love with our decisions that we can't see the future damage that it's going to bring. 
Put in the comments today, come on, pastor, right? I need your help today. Because here's what happens when we're in our emotions. And, and next week, we're going to talk about there is power in our emotions. Please listen to your emotions. But day after day, it was urged him. His soul was vexed to death. But here's the problem. Samson had what you call focalism. Focalism is a time where you lose your mind and you see nothing else. Because church, mm-hmm, come on, somebody, there's all kinds of songs out here, but love is blind. And if we're honest with ourselves, we often allow our emotions to overcome our experience. If we don't pause, we don't look ahead, we don't ask, what story do I want to tell? Because if you see nothing else, you lose your mind. And you say, I'm just going to give in to what feels good. Can I just tell you today that I'm so glad Pastor Lindsay and I can say that we planted a life-giving church that is reaching hundreds of families in Las Vegas, man, all across the world, that we're making an impact instead of saying, I never took the step, that we never launched a church. Can I just say that I'm so glad to say that, that Pastor Lindsay and I, we've been faithful to each other and that this year is going to be our 14th year of marriage instead of telling a different story. Because it's in the tough moment before making a decision, we both had to say, let's pause, let's look ahead, and let's ask, what story do I want to tell? See, our story is really a summary of our life. But if we just look at the summary and we're not looking at the details, we're going to begin to judge that person. And I wrote this slide in here too. Don't judge a story until you've read all the chapters. Don't judge someone's life until you get into their life. Don't be ashamed of your story because of what God wants to do in the last chapter. God wants to rewrite your story. And here's what Judges 16, Samson's in prison. All of a sudden he calls to the Lord and he said, God, please remember me. They pulled him out. There's a big party in the Philistine city and they pull out Samson to mock him and they put chains between two pillars and Samson says, God, please remember me. Please strengthen me only this once, oh God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grabs the two middle pillars on which the house rested. And we all know this story. He leaned his weight against them, his right hand on one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed with all his strength. And the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who are in it. So Samson uses great strength and he destroyed the house. People died. And so the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he had killed in his life. That God gave him another chance. God said that Samson will be Israel's redeemer. And because Samson did what he did, that his story became a chapter in someone's life. His story became a chapter in someone's life. That, you know, part of my story is that when I was younger, I was a little kid, that my father was unfaithful to my mom. And my parents 
divorce. And I look back now, and I mean, God's done a miracle in my, in my family's life. He's done some amazing things. And that just became a small chapter. But I also wonder, I wonder if my dad, if his actions would have been different, if he paused and he looked ahead and said, what story would be told about me? I wonder if my dad's actions would be different if he knew his son was going to be a pastor of a church in Las Vegas and would share his story. Because his story became a chapter in my life. And I often wonder, would his decisions be different? But I can tell you that God, he always has the last say in our story. Because our God, he's the editor and the publisher of our story. Come on, church, Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Man, for some of you, when you look about your, when you think about your story, it weighs you down. Listen to me. This will never be a message of condemnation, but God wants you to cast aside every weight, every sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Come on, Avenue Church, you are not done writing your story. Your story ain't over yet. Matter of fact, we're just in the middle. The plot's getting good because God's going to do something amazing in your life. And so looking to Jesus, don't look at your story, just look at Jesus. Because you know why? He is the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy was set before him because of God's story, his story became a chapter in my story. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus did this so he can fulfill this. So that God can say, for I know the story that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. If you're looking at your story and you feel hopeless, you feel ashamed, God is saying, no, 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 no. I died on the cross so that therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he gets a new story. He gets another chapter in your life. The old has passed away. And behold, a new chapter has come. Avenue, you're watching this today. God wants to write a new chapter in your story. Can I just say, just like any good movie, that, that the good guy is going to win? Just like any good movie, God wins in your life. But we got to give him our life. So that we allow God to give us a new story to tell. You know, my favorite stories are the ones that was just, man, it's just like death and destruction and bad decisions and heartache. But then when you give your life to Christ, he changes your story. I want your story to become a chapter in someone's life and changes their story and pushes them towards Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you're watching this today. And you're saying, Pastor, I need a new chapter in my life. Pastor, I need God to write the story in my heart. If that's you today with every head bowed, every eye closed, may I be so honored to lead you in a prayer. 
And that prayer is just to help you to take a step towards God, to say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. So if you're watching this today, man, pause that, pause that Netflix show, right? Get into a room, get somewhere private, pull your car over to the side of the road, and man, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I need you. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, Jesus, rewrite my story because I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody. Come on, get a shout today. Put in the comments. Yes, I gave my life to Christ. Or yes, we're happy that someone gave their life to Jesus Christ. Do me a favor. Text me 702-77-8280. Again, church, I'm so honored. You've watched with us today. You gave your life to Christ. Get in the growth track. Get into a small group. Let's be able to put some feet to the vision that God has placed in your life. I hope you've enjoyed our series, Stories. We'll see you guys again next week.